The year is 1990, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles embark on their first rock and roll tour. Some say it's an embarrassing moment in the Turtles' legacy, but does it truly deserve that reputation? I'm Travis Kirkland. And I'm Luana Satan. And this is Defend Your Trash Movie. another fine time that we are calling the fend your trash movie which is of course the show the podcast that examines bad movies and misrepresent films to see if they're actually good and luana mm, what's that travis okay so today's movie is uh you know it exists in the world of music as well it's not just simply a feature but something with a huge musical aspect to it and i think because of that we need to get a little bit of musical in our segment before we talk about the movie. What do you suggest? Uh, what, 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 uh, let's take it to Broadway, take it to the top of the pumps. What should we do? Well, how about this? How about we take it to Billboard? So, you know, usually we will play a game called the Box Office Guessing Game as an homage to the podcast Blank Check. But since we're talking about music, let's modify it and make this the Billboard Guessing Game. Ooh, you talking about singles? You talking about albums? Well, we're going to talk about albums. So usually, listeners may know that Luana will sometimes play the box office guessing game where she will guess the top five movies of a particular opening weekend in movie history. But since we're doing Billboard guessing game, we're going to modify it so that Luana will have to guess what are the top five best-selling albums from the year 1990, the year that this movie was released. Um, Luano is going to guess the artist responsible for the album. Uh, but if she chooses to do so, she can achieve listener bonus points. And that is where she will guess the album that is also associated with that artist. And for that, uh, she'll have to do that without any hints. She will have to do and uh, she'll have to do that naming the album completely she can't do anything like uh oh it's the album with that song and that song she that's not how the listener points go you have to get those listener points by being right on the mark but uh that's only optional uh, we only require that luana guess the top five artists responsible for the top five best-selling albums of 19. 90. Luana, are you ready to play? Yes, I am so ready. I'm very curious if I'm in any way as good as I am at the movie guessing game. All right, so let's go ahead. Starting at the top of the charts, the number one best-selling album of 1990. This album comes from an R&B singer. Whitney Houston? No, not Whitney Houston. Now, this R&B singer... Mm-hmm. was first famous through a family connection. Well, you know, Whitney Houston had Dionne Warwick, but I guess not. Uh, <laughs> now, it's interesting, uh, <laughs> this particular album, I don't know if this will help you, but it's interesting, this trivia note for this, 
Even though this is the best-selling album of 1990, it never reached number one huh? any week on the chart, but it was always a consistent seller. So unit-wise, it is still the best-selling album of 1990, despite never exactly hitting number one for right. any particular chart week. For this R&B singer, famous for a family connection. Michael Jackson? Mm-hmm. Uh, Janet? It is Janet Jackson. Okay. The number, <laughs> Jan- at number one, it's Janet Jackson. Now, do you wish to active? Do you wish to guess which Janet Jackson album this is? I'm afraid I don't know any Janet um, okay. album titles. Which one is it? Okay, so the number one album of 1990 is Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, 1814. Right. Okay. I would have. Yeah. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Moving on to number two. Number two comes from this pop singer. A pop singer. Uh, all right. So okay. Now, this pop singer might also be considered an adult contemporary pop singer. So not for the teen. Don't think teeny bop pop. Think more adult contemporary pop. Phil Collins? At number two, it's Phil Collins. No way. Yes, you got it. All right. Oh, fucking way. Okay. <laughs> um, um, would you like to know or guess what the um, album is? Is it the album that contains, like, uh, the question I'm asking already, like, sort of disqualifies me from extra listener points, but is it the album that contains I Can't Dance? Uh, it is But Seriously. Um, no, and it has this, oh, okay. this is the one that has uh, Another Day in Paradise, Something Happened on the Way to Heaven. Uh, so, yeah, it would. It okay. Would... Ooh, Another Day in Paradise was a 90 song? Yeah. Okay. Would have pegged that for an yeah. 80 song. Well, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So, moving on to number three. Mm, how to put this? Okay. So, number three is an album coming from this easy listening artist. Mm, Barry Manilow. No, not Barry Manilow. Maybe you still got Thumbelina on the brain there from last episode. (laughs) But uh, someone, yeah, someone within the Barry Manilow kind of field. Oh, uh, Michael Bolton? Number three, it's Michael Bolton. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> Michael Bolton, gonna need you to focus up. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna I was gonna say probably as a hint that this was an artist who was not respected for a while, but then kind of embraced <laughs> 2000s irony to get a second wind. Uh, <laughs> do I, I, I do not know any Michael Bolton. <laughs> okay, albums. the album is Soul Provider. Soul Provider. Yes. What's with the, are there any hit songs on there? Uh, like what is Soul Provider? I have to look this up real quick. Soul Provider has. Oh, yeah. How am I supposed to live without you? <laughs> uh, no, that does not uh, ring any bells. Okay. All right. So that is number three. At number four is an album from this rock band, rock and roll band. Rock and roll band. Okay, the first actual band. Um, ninety. That's pre-Nirvana, though. So this is pre-Nirvana. Um, now I'll say uh, that this rock. Band, Roses? 
No, not Guns N' Roses, okay, but okay, I will yeah. say that this rock band, since you brought them up, is one of the few rock bands that survives the Nirvana grunge wave. Pearl Jam? No, not Pearl Jam. They aren't a grunge band, but kind of like how with Nirvana, how a lot of kind of 80s and 70s rock kind of got wiped off uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wiped off the charts because of the Nirvana wave. Uh, this rock and roll band that does have ties or does have history throughout the 70s and 80s did manage to actually survive into the 2000s. Into the 2000s? Yes, yes. Oh, uh... <laughs> So long legacy. Was um was Weezer already around? No, right? No, this is not Weezer. Weezer would be 1994 with the Blue Ooh. album. Right, right. right. Uh, big think th- this is a big band, a big band. Were they uh were they uh were they in fact an 80s band or are they older than the yes. 80s? Uh okay. older than the 80s, but definitely huge hits. Uh yeah, pretty much had big hits going from the 70s to the 2000s, yeah. Aerosmith? It is Aerosmith at number 4. All right. Um Crazy? It is not Crazy. Um the album is Pump. Uh that has a oh, uh, love know. that come that has a uh, Love in an Elevator. In an elevator. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's number four. Oh, shit. <laughs> Crazy is not from Pump. It is from Pink. Exactly, yes. Uh, again, yeah. weirdly, one of the uh, legacy rock bands that yeah. managed to kind of <laughs> ride the wave and, and actually kind of get another win in the late 90s. Yeah, that's kind of weird because they definitely are like the kind of rock that Nirvana would kind of blow out of the water. They're like sort of like glammy cock rock, yeah. you know? Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, at number five is an album from a hip-hop artist Ooh, a hip-hop artist uh is, is this hammer <laughs> at number five it's mc hammer <laughs> can, now can you name what the mc hammer album is is this uh hammer don't hurt him yep please hammer don't hurt him <laughs> <laughs> fucking one gimmick album i, I can totally drop <laughs> uh yeah there you go all right so yeah again Going back around it, that was uh, looking back at the best-selling album of uh, 1990. At number one, Janet Jackson with Rhythm Nation, 1814. Number two, Phil Collins with But Seriously. Number three, Michael Bolton with Soul Provider. Number four, Aerosmith with Pump. And number five, MC Hammer with Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that album title, Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. <laughs> uh it was like a please hammer you're so popular you can't you can't do that for to the other artists you can't and it turns out uh he didn't uh, he, did, he couldn't uh <laughs> do you want to know what else is occupying the top 10 i'd love to at number six we have paula abdul with forever your girl okay cool 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 number seven we have motley crew with dr feel good <laughs> yes Number eight, we have Don Henley with The End of Innocence. Don Henley? <laughs> yeah. Okay. At number nine, we have the B-52s with Cosmic Thing. Is that the Love Shack album? Love Shack, Rome, pretty much a lot of the big hits except for Rock Lobster, which came from an earlier album, I believe. Oh, dope. <laughs> uh, and then at number 10, it's Billy Joel with Stormfront. 
<laughs> what a name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was your top 10. Uh, Billboard I, I think best... I, I acquitted myself pretty well to me. I think so. Yeah, I, th- I think you got those pretty well on the mark. Uh, there, there was no, uh, oh, what was that fucking movie you couldn't guess on the last game? Oh, uh, yeah, the... Uh, um, Savages, that's right. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Blake Lively. <laughs> yeah, the Oliver Stone, the, again, uh, the only movie you couldn't guess, but again, I don't think anyone would blame you because no one remembers that movie at all. <laughs> uh, but that was the, yeah, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a year for, for album sales, uh, uh, back when albums actually sold, these, <laughs> you know that 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 barely happens these days. <laughs> yeah, that's because like I mean everybody streams, you know the, the hits are based off of streaming. Exactly, uh, but you know what? You know what was an who was another band who was also uh, on the music scene in the year nineteen ninety. Well, oh, you're gonna tell me, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it's a little band called the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because they hit the road with. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Coming Out of Their Shells Tour.
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Coming Out of Their Shells Tour, was released in 1990. It stars Sherry Renee Scott, Bo Allen, Ron K. Smith, Dennis Chitra, and many others. The tour included live appearances, cassettes, CDs, VHS tapes, and paper and pay-per-view specials. I I, I I knew this tour as a bit of an internet oddity, <laughs> so thank thank heavens for this lovely podcast that you know made me experience it. <laughs> I know that you're a big uh, turtle nerd. Uh, I, I am too, um, to, to to some extent. Not not as big as you, I think. Uh, now I was a Ninja Turtles fan growing up. Big Turtles fan. Collected the toys. Saw the movies. Watched the cartoon. I did not see this particular tour in person but i did have the cassette tape for the soundtrack uh-huh. um so i am very familiar with the songs of the songs and uh i never owned the vhs cassette of this uh tour but i did have a friend and i so i am familiar with uh going over to their house and watching it and uh <laughs> well okay let's back up for a bit let's do some backing up for this cultural oddity so First of all, this is not our first trip with the Ninja Turtles. Of course, last season for the podcast, we covered Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, which was a movie that uh-huh. we both... That <laughs> it was we really both, a movie. <laughs> well, we both determined, we both gave the verdict that it is a trash movie. So much so that you named it as the most trashiest movie of season of the season yeah yeah so after having watched turtles 3 and having now watched coming out of their shells uh do you still like the ninja turtles (laughs) i like them because they're a strong concept (laughs) uh and of course you know hey you know we've been doing a bunch of episodes that are tying into new movies and of course within a few days of this episode we'll uh we'll see the release of Mutant Mayhem, the animated movie being produced by Seth Rogen. Uh, that looks really interesting. Uh, so yeah, and, and look, and that and it's so interesting. So again, this is the year 1990. So where are we with Turtle Mania? So this is uh this tour and this movie, uh, which uh this cassette movie, it comes out in the fall of 1990. So by this time. Uh, obviously, the comic book by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird has come out. By then, they've already licensed for the cartoon and toy line, and those blow up exponentially. And then earlier, in I think March of 1990, uh, the first live-action movie comes out and becomes a huge success. Uh, actually goes on to become the highest-grossing independent movie at that time. Of all time, time, right? of all time yeah. until like other movies come to claim the title. So, you know... Turtle business is booming. If you want to make money in the entertainment industry, you got to hook your wagon onto the turtles, basically. (laughs) And so, you know, in the fall of 1990 is this thing called the Coming Out of Their Shells Tour, this live stage show that toured the country of the United States where the Ninja Turtles uh, dress up as rock stars and play rock (laughs) and roll music for all the kids. And like uh, like I said, in my intro, it wasn't just the stage show. You had uh, a soundtrack that you could buy on CD and cassettes. Uh, there was promotion via Pizza Hut, not uh, surprisingly. And uh, yeah, the what we'll be talking about is uh, there was a pay per view special 
done for their performance that they did at Radio City Music Hall in New York. And that pay-per-view special of that performance was released on VHS tape. And uh, that's what we'll be mostly talking about. But I think, again, we, we will be talking about the movies, but just the peculiarity of this thing. Like, to be, to be fair, stage shows involving, like, family-friendly properties have always existed. Right, absolutely. Like, you had, before this, you had stuff, like, stage shows with, like, the Sesame Street characters or the mm-hmm. Muppet characters. I remember there was a show involving He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Oh, seriously? Yeah, <laughs> it, but um, not rock and roll, but, like, you know, care, actors were coming on and doing, like, some stage action-y stuff with He-Man. So this was not entirely a new concept, and considering, again, that 1990 was such a huge time for Turtle fandom, like, yeah, it makes sense to do one of these cheesy live tour things, but uh, to go the extra mile <laughs> to have to have them play rock and roll music. I mean, what are your first initial thoughts on this? You know, in the, um, we, we both grew up on The Simpsons, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, another 90s institution. Uh-huh. And... As a kid, you kind of, you know, take you, you don't get all the sort of current affairs jokes because, you know, maybe that stuff goes over your head. And then later when you rewatch it, it's like, oh, that, that, that was actually a political joke. Or that was yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was this one episode where um, Krusty is like, oh, um, like every gold medal that the U.S. wins, you get a free Krusty burger. Right. And that that. I learned like years and years later that that was a thing that happened that McDonald's like um, offered a free, I think Big Mac for every gold medal. Or yeah, I think American. they they offered a, I believe it, they offered a free Big Mac to customers every time the United States won a gold medal at the Olympics, which, and of course I forget what year that was, but that was the year that the Soviet Union pulled Boy, out yeah. of uh-huh. the, uh, pulled out of the Olympics. And of course, at that time, the Soviet Union had some of the best athletes at the mm-hmm. time. But because of them pulling out, the United States pretty much dominated yeah. most, of the, most of the sports at the Olympics, which meant that McDonald's were like hemorrhaging money from these Big Macs that they promised their customers. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and like, and, and, and that, that, um, that plot line or that gag made me think of like, oh, you know, The Simpsons was like more culturally on top of things than than you think, or at least jokes were more, yeah, um, you know, uh, w- went a bit deeper than just like, oh, here's Gorbachev or whatever, you know. And uh, Turtles coming out of their shells really made me <laughs> think of like all those fucking like scams that. <laughs> that crusty pulls on the kids of springfield you know? <laughs> this, like, the, the tour was a camp crusty but it was a stage <laughs> tour <laughs> yeah right i mean it felt like camp crusty it felt like gabble <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the equivalent of when barney shows up as crusty the clown and the yes. camp crusty i was like except it's like michelangelo it's like yeah kids i am so michelangelo <laughs> 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 And like, uh, and then you know, we I also watched the um, making of, which is just thirty minutes of Mr. Black. Uh, oh yeah, just side note. <laughs> in addition to the VHS of this pay per view special, they also put out 
for some reason, another VHS called The Making of the Coming Out of Their Shell Store, not actually showing you the actual behind the scenes. Like, oh, this is how we recorded the music. This is how we made the costume. This is how the stage lighting and the pyrotechnics work. No, it's continuing this stupid narrative that the Ninja Turtles have decided <laughs> to you know, make music and go on tour. So it's it's a this is Spinal Tap like documentary of like, oh yeah, it's the turtles. And they're <laughs> going around, they're talking about how they got inspired to make music and blah blah blah. And it's a, oh my god, it's a whole, it's a it's a scam. <laughs> this whole thing is a big funny scam, basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, and you know what? You know what? In terms of like inoffensive pop songs, I guess because that's. Uh, and that's what you tune in, tune in for. I mean, yeah, sure, the kids tune in for, you know, it's it's pure goo-goo-gaga level. You know, those are the cartoons I know mm-hmm. on screen, you know. But I guess what they're bringing you is not necessarily adventures or action, although I guess I suppose technically that's <laughs> Kind uh, of action. There, there's kind of some limbs some and fighting. <laughs> some not some kicks and punches not connecting but being reacted to. Right, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, the, the stuff that they're really offering you is the music, you know, the, the dancing and then, the, you know, I guess most of them are inoffensive. There's there's not I mean, it's not terrible. I <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I, I I'm really I mean, Travis, I'm really bad at music. Um, I, I would like to remind listeners that I also thought Bear Manilow's songs for Thumbelina weren't bad. <laughs> Um, no, um, I, I do have to say that, I don't know, I, mean, I guess I was laughing, as so it must have been bad. The Splinter Stepping Stones song. Skip, skipping Stones. Oh, the Skipping Stones. That, that, which is funny, because it's supposed to be the, hey guys, hey kids, you know, we're having fun here, but Splinter's got to come out and <laughs> sing a song called Skipping Stones, and it's where we have to slow down and really think about the world, you know? <laughs> Goes on to not address any particular issue in, <laughs> in, in particular. Uh, uh, skipping yeah. stones! And, you know, and at one, because, like, you know, they, they all go for certain, you know, vibes. Like, some of them are, like, Robert Palmer-esque. Some of them are, you know, like, indeed, like, a sort of hammer hip-hop type. Uh-huh. And skipping stones feels like Splinter Springsteen. You know? <laughs> I was mutated as a rat. I couldn't recognize myself in the sewers of New York City. Exactly. <laughs> Ain't no was... turtle here to greet me. <laughs> I was also thinking of, of Streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> And that's funny because that's the fucking AIDS song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, thank God that the mutagen did just merely mutate the turtles and, and, and Splinter instead of just killing them instantly. You know? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just a funny song. I mean, they're all funny songs in their different ways, but yeah, it is the one where it's like, hey, kids, you know, stop, <laughs> stop trying to. You know, climb over the seats and run around the app. You have to think. It's not going around. We have to think about. And then Splinter comes out, and like the lights go dim on stage. And Splinter, you know, the turtles have been dancing around for a few seconds, but no, Splinter comes out, and he's like walking around all ponderous, and he's like, "Yeah, you got to step back and think, everybody." 
that's, I think that's why that I think that's I think that's what got me so bad because like the the vibe turns solemn and and he he doesn't even have an issue. He, does, he just know it's like yeah. it definitely is just one of those it's like you gotta think right you just gotta think about stuff right? yeah, and it's not like you can, i mean you could have i don't know stop bullying or stop littering that's <laughs> fine like that that's grade school yeah. stuff yeah <laughs> exactly okay. and man if you thought splinter looked like shit in ninja turtles 3 <laughs> the, the, the one that the, the splinter costume and coming out of their shells is even actually overall if you thought any of the turtles splinter costumes and turtles really look like shit coming out of their shells really takes it plummets down the basement <laughs> it is not bargain basement we're in the sense we're in the earth's crust here with the quality of these of these stupid costumes <laughs> oh yeah and, and and like the sort of they they glam them up a bit too with like the knee pads and like the sort of denim <laughs> oh oh uh when i was researching about the tour for this episode i found a very fun fact about why they're wearing those no vest which <laughs> okay. i do like i yeah look like this is a stupid silly thing but i do kind of like the glam stupid jean vest that they have to wear sure sure yeah um uh -huh. but apparently from what i learned that had to happen because originally they did make the turtle costumes with full shells on their back as, as you expect it's a turtle costume you got to put shells on them but apparently when they were doing technical rehearsals the shells were so heavy and constrictive that uh -huh. perform that the performers inside were almost passing out. Oh my god! So they had to remove, from what I heard, these really expensive turtle shells, like destroy them. These things that cost thousands of dollars, and then put quickly, you know, mock up these glam rock jean vests on the turtle, oh. <laughs> so that the performers could actually, you know, not die on stage. <laughs> Oh, that that's incredible, and 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 feels very feels very apt for this particular uh, for this for this particular show. Oh gosh! Yeah, and if, and if you thought the animatronics were bad in Turtles Three, like the 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 quote the animatronics in the heads of the turtles and Splinter that you know make their mouths go up and yeah. all, all, they they they're basic they basically look they're ba they basically act like animatronics on a theme park ride that hasn't been well maintained so like dialogue will come out but the mouths kind of work they kind of flap open and sometimes they stop um <laughs> it's, it's uh yeah it's it, it's just very I, I say this though it's an iconic look it's an iconic look yeah yeah i mean you know the turtles are like superheroes and you know superheroes have like if you look at batman there's so many different looks that he's had over the over the decades and um you know the the coming out of their shells look is, is definitely one that stands out uh, amid the other turtle looks <laughs> so <laughs> um i have to say this so as i said i grew up a huge turtles fan and i did and and i did have the soundtrack so i am so familiar with all of these songs mm -hmm. and while i do agree that most of these songs are bad <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help but still nostalgically have affection for these songs. Um, I will say, if I had to say, if I had to call one song the quote-unquote best 
song. I think it's probably Pizza Power. Pizza Power, yeah, yeah, that, I would, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which it's like it, it is probably the most energetic and probably like the song you would expect that if if you expect <laughs> the turtles to sing at all, it's like yeah, these fuckers would just sing about how much they love pizza. Yeah, of course. They <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not, uh, that's not too wild because I mean, like, what do most like mainstream rappers sing about? You know. <laughs> They would, you know, they're, they're just thinking about lean and, and bitch. Yeah, you know? exactly. Their only competitor probably at the time would have been Weird Al Yankovic as far as like food <laughs> songs, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I also nostalgically like Pizza Power as well, because as a trivia note, uh, this song was the music you heard for the menu screen for the arcade cabinet for the Ninja Turtles arcade game Turtles in Time. Uh, you heard so, Pizza Power? Yep, Pizza Power was the menu screen music. Oh, cool! <laughs> yeah, so awesome. so if uh if you never saw this uh, so if you yeah if you never saw the concert at all, but you did play that game at the arcade, you you probably heard this song. You probably the Pizza Power song. Well, that, that's uh that's kind of dope though. <laughs> and, and look, I'll admit uh because this album you can actually find on streaming music services you can find it on spotify and apple music gotta say uh the year that i discovered that this album was on spotify pizza power did end up in my spotify most played of the year playlist because <laughs> uh it's a it's a look of the bad songs on this album it's a banger or it's the most banger <laughs> It's the one that just basically sounds the most like a generic uh, late 80s, early 90s power pop song. Exactly, yeah. It, it okay. Yeah, it's the one that you would expect most would sound, end up on a soundtrack album. Of, I was going to say, yeah, if, like, if, 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 if that actual song had appeared on the, um, on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that came mm-hmm. out, I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, oh, you know, you know what? Also, okay, and this is me being really geeky nerdy about it. A song that I'm actually surprised did not end up in a that was not maybe like repurposed or saved for another Turtles movie soundtrack is April's Ballad, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, it as it said it's a ballad sung by April O'Neil and she's like you know you can count on us and it's all nice and hopeful about you know the turtles will save us and mm-hmm. you know we're, we're gonna be okay because yeah. the turtles are superheroes and they're gonna save the day right. I'm surprised like I because I could totally imagine getting like a Belinda Carlisle type singer to like <laughs> sing that for one of the movie soundtracks um right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like there's I, I'm even imagining like the music video for it where like like let's say it's Belinda Carlisle where she's on like a nighttime foggy uh building building top a uh, rooftop building in New York and like there's like fog all around and like the movie clips for whatever Turtles movie is like playing on a big screen and whatnot like I can see that yeah sure yeah I mean hmm. I mean not a good song still but I can see that but I mean again we've had what vanilla eyes I mean not mm-hmm. I, I guess they were they were going for because like you're right like that that's the type of movie especially in the early 90s when like mm-hmm. Disney was doing that shit constantly but I think they were I mean the turtles were more like sort of marketing themselves as boy cartoons yeah exactly like a ballad like that and the style of you know tale as old as time type of shit that was coming out that was 
marketed as you know girl stuff because mm-hmm. um i think i think uh yeah i mean that would that would have been pretty gen so maybe that's why that's why a turtles movie would have a vanilla ice uh title track rather than a you know belinda carlisle type of ballad yeah uh, 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 uh well uh, what uh you know we already talked about pizza power we already talked about april's ballad Are there any any particular other songs from this concert you that uh are is either a banger for you or just a more Man, interesting oddity for you what the fuck is that think straight dance straight uh what, what is that walk called? straight no walk. need to mutate mutate you gotta what? walk walk straight yeah is well, it called Luana, walk straight it's called walk straight because you gotta be straight luana you gotta walk yeah. straight you gotta hell think yeah straight be straight come on so like that song really in particular jumped down at me because like (laughs) (laughs) okay so like i understand that the like textually it's about like hey walk in the straight and narrow path you know be a a good kid and you know go do your eat your vegetables and do your homework and stuff Uh but you are presenting this in the context of are you know strapping young lads doing a big Broadway <laughs> musical? <laughs> yeah, and um, for for some reason, only during this song are they joined by backup dancers, who are like in tight, like sort of military style wife beaters, all male, <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, yeah, all very buff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing wrong and with like, that. It sounds very like, straight. Mm-hmm, ex- exactly. <laughs> like, and if you had. If you had not done that, I probably wouldn't have given it an extra thought. But, like, if you've got these, you know, these very sort of Tobias Funke military muscle men, like very, you know, YMCA type of stuff, uh, you know, being a macho He-Man, exhorting the kids to walk straight, be straight, and, you know, do, like, very, like, sort of, gyrating uh, <laughs> oh yeah and this is also where i think donatello does a very sexually suggestive like sort of a hip gyrating. yeah <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Like, you, you do that when you're straight when you have to be straight you do that come on uh-huh. he was just affirming his his straightness yeah his, how, how how much he loves walking the narrow path <laughs> i think at the next republican national convention they're going to uh, do walk straight on stage <laughs> with the Ninja Turtles and those backup dancers. I, I, I yeah, it actually does almost feel like like one of those GOP politicians that's like being cartoonishly masculine, mm-hmm. <laughs> like hey hey hey, we're we're yeah. all about uh, yeah. being uh, straight manly men yeah. here. Mar- well, uh, if you look at Marjorie Taylor Greene's spotify most playlist walk straight is on <laughs> is number one <laughs> loves that song <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's uh um yeah it's uh it, it, you you were you know uh can i bring this up uh this thing is for kids right this obviously mm-hmm. this whole endeavor for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yet uh when you watch this concert special i feel like every time they cut to the kids uh, they don't look particularly <laughs> enthused. <laughs> they, I mean, obviously, because they they're here to see turtles, right? They're like, yeah, we want to see the Ninja Turtles, yeah. But like, they all look very nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's because this show is extremely poorly calibrated. Yes. In terms of like um this its audience is very young kids. So what you need to do is have constant cartoon energy, which is difficult to do in a stage show. Uh you need extreme like backup with the technical uh surrounding if you want. I mean it's possible, you know, you Lion King's out there being a stage show and stuff. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 um and then there's there's huge um like um animatronics that 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 happen on stage that's i think that there was there was a king kong musical i think yeah and i said earlier that there was already a he-man thing right right right. it's like oh and it's the whole thing is like oh it's he-man yay oh no skeletor's gonna come out boo skeletor yeah exactly yeah Yeah, uh uh-huh and so like because like what what do what do kids tune into the turtles for is like jokes and you know uh the recognizable stuff like they love pizza. They they fight the Foot Clan or some mutant or whatever, and um they maybe they gotta save April, sure, but they do it in um adventurous settings. They do it in the sewers. They do it in Dimension X. They do it in you know whatever the the swamps. They fight Leatherhead for an episode, whatever. Um, here it's just there's no there's no there's no settings. It's just the bare stage. Um. They don't. There's not really. An, I guess Shredder has the fucking uh, with music freezer, the, the or harmonic machine. Yeah. I think, which is yeah. which we should note. We forgot to mention this important plot point. He wants to destroy all music, but we will get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um. There. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of requirements to buy in there because you're not helping. There's no. There's no real stage. There's no real setting. Uh, besides the turtles and I guess Shredder, it's mostly just people on there. Uh, for you know, as well uh, for as much as there are even others <laughs> beyond those characters, there there's not much adventure. There's not much fighting. Um, they're mostly just kind of doing these G-rated riffs and roasts constantly <laughs> between the songs, and that's not you know a four-year-old is not gonna remain entertained with that you know i think you really need to um sort of um engage the audience like physically to be like hey kids you like music or something uh-huh. you know yay yeah. and like hey shredder wants to, to take the music away are we gonna let him do that no or you know yeah exactly constantly if, if you want to engage kids of that age that's you're gonna need to constantly do either that to keep it cheap like actually really involve them or to have constant visual um um like 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 kinetic energy going on yeah exactly and they do not have either you know (laughs) like yeah they they have occasionally they have a like hey kids you like music yay or like oh it's red or boo but those are few and far between honestly Um, yeah you know the, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, because like, okay, like, let's say, fine, you go see the 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 turtle song thing, but like <laughs> the bits between the bits between like the dialogue bits between the songs are like very 
uh as you said they're not caliber to a kid audience like Mm -hmm. there's the weird uh i think his name is kip the newscaster who we occasionally cut to oh it's not even fucking vernon no it's not vernon i i wanted to like what is his name and i know he's his name is kip not a previously established turtles character not vernon from the cartoon show it is a guy named kip and like there's two segments where like the first segment (laughs) it's like when shredder's taking over uh, first he's in the lobby of the theater and he's like just talking to kids and it's like oh kids what should we do oh no what are we gonna do and it's like it it goes on for long and it's like it feels like an improv that he's not that the actor is not prepared for right. <laughs> he's just constantly like oh no what's gonna happen what are we gonna do about the shredder and he's like ah the shredder yeah 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 what shredder what are you gonna do about the shredder and where the you know what are we gonna do and it's like i I don't know who this is supposed to be. This isn't good. Or, like, yeah, yeah this, this isn't like, and then like later there's a segment where he's backstage with the turtles and like, you know, that's when the turtles have retreated and they're coming up with their game plan to to fight the shredder. But even that seems to go on rather long. And yeah, it, he's like going through the like scary pipes and and <laughs> like so you're like okay. Yeah, he's like, going. It's really killing time in a way that <laughs> I don't think kids have a patience for. Because even when he does meet the turtles, they it's like they kind of again it it feels like an improv where they don't know what the game is and like they're because at one point you know he just keeps asking well what are you gonna do about the shredder he's taking over it's like yeah i don't know what to do man Uh, we're thinking about it we're doing it and they kind of just it's kind of this thing for like three minutes of like what are you gonna do i don't know man we were the it it it, it's like man you are not keeping these kids entertained like Uh like honestly the most optimal version would have been like to just do song after song after song like none of this storyline stuff right right except for what might actually be the best part of this concert is the shredder (laughs) Um, my goodness like i the shredder is honestly the highlight of this thing in my opinion Mm -hmm. um so the shred as we mentioned the shredder (laughs) his, his 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 evil plan is that he wants to destroy all music he hates music so he has created a machine with the help of Baxter Stockman to destroy music. The, the, the machine he has created will destroy all music in, in the world. And uh, <laughs> yeah. That I, there was another Simpsons thing that reminded me of when um, Sideshow Bob at the air show is going to like nuke crusty and it's like because oh, television is turning you all into rooms <laughs> and he's like oh yes and i'm aware of the irony of appearing on a giant tv in order to destroy tv so don't bother pointing that out <laughs> now that leads me to look i already said i love pizza power but what might actually be the musical highlight of the concert <laughs> is shredder's song i hate, I hate music, music. <laughs> in which he sings about how much he hates music uh he's like i hate music it's the worst i guess it's like the most rap most hip-hop part of the concert in which he raps about how much he hates all music he wants to destroy all music and uh it's great (laughs) i love i love i love love him and his foot soldier just dancing around 
singing about how much he hates music. That's that that's art to me. That's that's cult pop. That's culture <laughs> that's to me. cinema. That's Kino, man. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> oh, actually, even more than the song, my absolute favorite part of this concert is the banter he does before the song, where uh, he come he's come on stage. The turtles have retreated, and so going back to sort of like this banter, this you know, kind of you know, this killing time for kids between songs. So what Shredder does, what the actor who plays Shredder does is that he he basically roasts the kids in the audience for a few <laughs> minutes. And it's uh it's pretty glorious actually. Like he's going like he he's like, hey, hey, sit down. Why don't you calm down? Sit down, back in your seats, you uh, and, and, and honestly we were talking about like that's the energy you kind of need for like these bits in between the songs where you're telling the kids about doing something like and like his rows are really honestly kind of they're kind of spicy like at one point he's like hey haven't i seen your photo on a milk carton <laughs> i'm like damn shredder such <laughs> a sister Oh yeah, his best one might be like, "Hey, who who's that next to you? Your sister? Oh, your cousin, huh? Couldn't find a date." <laughs> and I think doesn't he like call out someone's mom's like, "Hey, is that your mom? Uh, I'll see you later," or something like that. <laughs> he is. Like, I love it. I honestly, the whole concert should have just been the shredder roasting the roasting toddlers. I love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's in it. And yeah, that is actually the fucking, that's the energy you need. And you kind of need to sustain for like an hour or however long your show is. And they don't. They have the energy for about like five, six minutes maybe whenever the Shredder is doing his roast thing. <laughs> and yeah, God. Um, so it was, it was, I, I mean, it, it was fucking terrible, but I, I didn't, I, I wanted like, it was so ill-conceived that I was I was constantly fascinated. Oh yeah, it, this is a fact. And by the way, if you want to watch this thing, it is obviously out of print because it only existed on VHS. But you can find a couple different different quality rips of this on YouTube, so free to find, free to watch. Um, but uh, even if you end up absolutely hating this, this is this is a fascinating thing. So I guess it has that Star Wars holiday special mystique to it. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck was this? <laughs> I have to say that, like, um, going back to the whole Shredder thing, like, Shredder now just seems like uh, one of these conservative comedians who gets on stage and complains about wokeness. <laughs> I, I kind of, if they have to update this stage show for, like, today's, like, if they wanted to revive coming out of their shells tour, that's how they need to update Shredder. Like, he would go out like, oh, look at this. Much. <laughs> yeah, all oh, these stupid kids these days with their labels, like, non-binary gender <laughs> fluid teenage mutant <laughs> even there's there's instead of like going there's too many genders these days there's too many mutants there's too many stupid mutant ninjas out there <laughs> like oh my god can you imagine pulling up netflix and there's the little tile with like the shredder Stand up special and it's like shredded and <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> and he's got like he's like in silhouette and he's got like the face plate on, but he's uh -huh. like still smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Shredding down. <laughs> yeah, shredding these 
these safe spaces for these woke <laughs> kids who can't take real comedy anymore. Promoting his shredded special on Joe Rogan. Exactly. He's, he's hitting it all. Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, <laughs> Ben Shapiro. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, if you want to make Shredder a villain these days, that, that, would, that would be the good contemporary way of doing it. Oh my god! Oh, that I love that. It's like um... fucking kids with their avocado toast and pepperoni pizza. <laughs> uh, and I, I was, I thought it was so funny that, like, I mean, obviously, you know, the the when I was when he was doing his roast thing, I was like, this is Orokosaki. <laughs> <laughs> Like this is the like what background I know of this guy is like he's a disgraced ninja from an actual <laughs> like clan and now he's up here doing roasts of time. I mean, come on, maybe when he went over to America to hunt down Hamato Yoshi, he was disgusted by what the Americans call music. He he hates that Janet Jackson was the number one selling album <laughs> of the year. So he had to create the D-harmonic machine to destroy all the music. Yes, 100%. Here's the weird <laughs> thing about coming out of their shells because this feels like it should be the last grasp of Turtles mania, right? Like something like this feels like they've run out of all options like they've kind of burned out all the flames of movies and cartoons and toy lines. So like a stage show is like a last grasp of milking the cash cow. And right. yet this is fall of 1990 before, you know, Ninja Turtles 2 with, you know, Vanilla Ice doing the Ninja Rap. This is before Ninja Turtles 3. So this is like an early, it, it, for something that feels like it should be at the tail end, of turtle right. popularity this is kind of early in turtles popularity mm -hmm. yeah that's that's really weird to be honest yeah and again this is why like you know obviously every fandom has their stupid fans but like you will see those turtle fans who are like man i want to i want to i hate these you know dumb turtle stuff why can't it be like serious turtles or why can't they get the turtles right with blah 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 it's like dude fucking since nine since the beginning there right, there's, been, yeah. there's been shit like coming out of their shells man <laughs> this has been this has been in the turtles dna whether you liked it or not exactly uh fucking i mean i've read the eastman and laird comics it's not like they were that fucking serious <laughs> uh no yeah totally um yeah no th that that's such a good that is such a good take that like th this feels like something that would happen when you start running on fumes as a franchise right but, like this but, should be this should be right around the time of turtles 3 basically it feels right like. yeah exactly um but but um you brought up the star wars holiday special and honestly holiday special was way at the start too it's like yeah. the second it's like the second star wars thing ever created this is it, yeah it, that was made before empire strikes yeah. back uh-huh uh-huh so yeah, I I guess there's also kind of that sort of um, <laughs> on a wider franchise scale that sort of the Godzilla raids again that Freddy's revenge effect where we didn't quite know what like we had a successful thing and we didn't quite know what the 
tone of or or how how much we could stretch our brand let's say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think i think yeah don't I, I don't think there's anything that can be that you can compare it to as well as the star wars holiday special because i mean i brought up obviously the um uh, Freddy 2, Godzilla 2, mm -hmm. but those were movies. Those those were, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, it's, it's this is a very strange um little angle of, of pop culture and 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 it's so and then of course there's that there's that crusty uh <laughs> that, that that crusty uh sort of um factor there mm -hmm. where the you know what I, because uh, I I keep coming back to how shockingly ill conceived this this was. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's because there's a seed there of like when when I was watching the making up, and mm -hmm. you already brought up that like yeah it's um you know the the, the incredible choice that to treat it as like this you know other this fictional thing about the turtles being real rock yeah. stars uh -huh. rather than an actual making of which you know could have been something interesting but um they, yeah so they go for that fictional route but then they make an even more baffling choice in that they don't seem to actually write jokes for their <laughs> for their fictional sort of g-rated spinal tap for kids yeah. there there's a lot of talking heads there's because we, we for some reason we we actually do talk to like executives and, and <laughs> record producers and marketing people <laughs> and they're not really making any jokes these guys we we only because again who is this for this for it's for little kids who like singing and dancing and seeing, you know, Goo Goo Gaga, my fucking cartoons. On exactly, screen. yeah. But, like, the cartoons aren't on screen all that much. <laughs> and it it even does the later Gamera movies kind of trick where you start editing stuff in from the show itself. Because I think there's, like, two or three songs that are all... Oh, yeah. They pad out with... Uh... Oh, the, that, that making up special. Yeah, they pad out performances from the show but also they they there's a something not included in the concert movie they perform a top radio city you know, music call they perform live on the street yeah. power for i assume very confused by passersby <laughs> and bystanders <laughs> oh god yeah yeah i i mean i mean obviously they did that i mean what's more iconic you know the turtles i mean what's uh yeah is it more iconic when the Beatles did their get back performance atop Apple Records or, <laughs> or, the or when the Turtles did Pizza Power it, atop Radio City Musical. Who knows? That, that's a debate to, to be had. <laughs> when are we going to get Peter Jackson's extended making of the coming out? <laughs> Nine show? hours. Nine hours <laughs> of the Turtles being like, uh, something, you know, walk, something, be, something. Oh, we gotta. What do they gotta do? We gotta. We gotta think straight here. Think straight. <gasps> Wait a minute. <laughs> Walk straight. Be straight. Oh yeah. I mean, I love how. <laughs> I I love how the um. 
like the, the, in in this Peter Jackson's coming out of their shells <laughs> documentary. It's like people like watching it and being like amazing. You can just uh, see. You can just see Donatello sitting there with the same <laughs> amount of strings you and I have, with the same amount of time, and just pounding out walk yeah. straight. Yeah. While you're seeing. Uh, oh my God! When <laughs> they they were they just they figured out that Leonardo needed just one string on his bass to I play. As I was saying it, I was like, wait a minute, he doesn't have as many strings as we do. <laughs> oh. I think it's time that we wrap it all up, wrap up this tour by going into our wrap-up segments. First, going into most trashy, least trashy, our least favorite, most favorite things about this fucking movie. So let's go ahead, start with most trashy, our least favorite thing about this. So uh, Luana, what was your most trashy, least favorite thing about coming out of their shells? My most trashy, least favorite thing was the um was was the absolute lack of jokes in the um making of because like okay so you're not gonna do a making of sure fine whatever you're gonna make it another you know because because i assume this ran on tv that making of so it's another just a sales pitch but at least write some fucking jokes for your sales pitch don't just didn't just make an actual fake MTV puff pay, puff piece for, uh, so that was like just zero effort, um, Gamera style, you know, uh, performances spliced in, um, the 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 couple of times that the suit people are in the suits in the special, they're just kind of like riffing, like the dish is like yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's literally just like, I I, I felt like I was a, a kid in Springfield seeing Gabo telling me that'll hold all SOBs. <laughs> oh boy! So what was your what was your um what was your least favorite trashiest moment? I think similar to you with concert <laughs> movie, all of the in between song bits and banter and sketches, it's just not entertaining. I mean, it's clearly just trying to do something for the kids, but it's not entertaining the kids. The songs aren't even pulling the kids in, so why bother having the turtles just do fucking banter when it's not that good? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oddly enough, it's not the music, but the talking. That's the worst thing for most trashy thing for me. Uh, but moving on, uh, least trashy, most favorite. So, uh, Luana. What was your least trashy, most favorite thing about coming out of their shells? The occasional times when we cut to kids in the audience and they were having a good time dancing and stuff. Because like, yeah, you know, this is not for, uh, you know, we we are, both of us are uh, consumers of pop culture that is often for babies, for kids. And this is very much for babies, for kids. Um, and so, I mean, it would have been easy for us to just go like, oh my god, this is so fucking bad, and I hate it, and uh, it was such trash, what are we watching? But, like, I think we we give it a fair shake. This is for babies, this is for little kids. And I feel like it mostly failed at being entertaining for babies and kids, too. Uh, but, you know, the occasional glimpses of seeing <laughs> little little kids being happy and dancing, that, that, that kind of touched me. So, like, those, yeah. <laughs> and then, and 
that's not really um that's not really um the a particular thing you can point at like oh they did that well like you know i, I like the shredder roasting but that's just me being like oh that's inappropriate you know that's not because technically i'd have to file that under trashy that's not you know that's uh but yeah you know just seeing shots of kids that's that's nice i, I guess i guess if i really had to dig up a piece of power it's fine generic pop song it's fine um but i'll just keep it to the kids i like i like seeing the kids happy what about you Travis? Uh, you know, I'm gonna say I miss it before and you mentioned already, but I, I think the Shredder's the best part. I mean, he he's kind of the most engaging part of it just because it's like, yeah, that's what you need in like a villain for these stage shows. Someone <laughs> who it's like, boo, and you don't like him. Yeah. So he, he's gonna roast you and, and talk about how much <laughs> he hates you and all and hates music. And yeah, he mentioned that he was gonna turn the kids into their slaves. Whoa! <laughs> and woman like, oh, I'm gonna make all the kids my slaves, and like, uh, they, there's definitely a bunch of black kids in the audience. Oh too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that was. <laughs> I mean, what's more problematic, that or in the original Space Jam, when like at one point they're gonna be like, "Hey, Michael Jordan, if you don't win the basketball game, we're gonna make you our our slave on Morn Mountain." Like, ugh. <laughs> 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 We were we were really free with using the term slave in these nineties <laughs> kids baby uh -huh. stuff. <laughs> um, but the, okay, despite that, it is very funny to see the Shredder roast kids, and uh, yeah, that should have been the whole concert uh, except for the slave stuff. Um, but uh, moving on to our final question, really the ultimate question. Oh, we got to really ponder hard about this. Uh, we have to wrap up our final thoughts. So, Luana. Give the final verdict here. Is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the coming out of their shells tour, a trash movie? I mean, it's barely a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously it's a trash movie. Uh, but yeah, and it's trash because of the, you know, it's, it's such a overt cash grab. It doesn't even do, because I mean, obviously I, I've liked cash grabs in the past i've you know a lot of stuff that we like is just you know corporate branding exercises and whatnot but you know just hire a technically proficient filmmaker it doesn't have to be artiste or whatever just you know like okay just you know let's see with a, a functional narrative here and um even based on what the audience is it doesn't deliver it, it just doesn't it's it i can't imagine uh, little kids are gonna be um are gonna be entertained by this shit for the whole duration. So no, yeah, it's it's absolute trash. Uh, even on a level for babies, even on a level as a corporate branding exercise, it it, it don't it don't work. How about you, Travis? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> oh yeah, I am in total agreement. This is a trash movie. Uh, cause look at it, look at it. You don't even have to watch the the thing you can just look at a single image of this tour and be like yep that's trash that's trash i i exactly i know exactly what i'm getting out of this and that looks bad uh but i will say look i grew up a ninja turtles fan i'm still a ninja turtles fan and i'm coming down to the same verdict i did with turtles 3 which is like yeah this is absolute fucking garbage but like it is my fucking garbage that i grew up you know give me more garbage pizza nom 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 i'm <laughs> 
you know i think it's so funny that like i mean we did two turtle things on this defend your trash and we we deemed them both trash yeah and we you, like the turtles we did we do like listeners the we do like the turtles <laughs> i mean but it's like why not man i mean look i mean the as we said as we talked about i think on turtles 3 the original comic was meant as a parody it was a parody of the popular more mature darker comics of the 80s and teenage mutant Ninja turtles in its title is supposed to be a funny parody idea and so you know you can't be too serious about this concert and not be surprised when it gets as trashy as this but uh, uh you know again it's nothing new uh i will say you know this is available for free on youtube so give this a watch put it on in the background i mean it's not gonna cost you anything except your time but it is a weird weird entity of the 90s pop culture and uh yeah, and again, as, uh, I think I said this when we did the Turtles 3 episode, but uh, as the kids say, it's trash, but it is my trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that'll do it for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode, with a brand new movie, and Luana. What's that, Travis? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but... Uh, you know, we usually see our podcast every time we record, but uh, I have to say, I, I've taken a second look at our podcast, and you know what? I think actually, if 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 our podcast got a bit of a makeover, I think our podcast might actually be kind of hot. You know, hot? You mean like, as in the? kind of good looking because usually our podcast is really plain looking every time we look at it but no if you look at a different way it's kind of something there well i guess you know squint a little take the glasses off yeah Yeah. put some makeup on do the hair i I think there's some there's something there's there's a little bit to our podcast and uh you know what would be a good makeover luana what's that if we did a movie about a similar transformation, and uh, I think that means that for the next episode, we'll be doing She's All That. She's All That. Oh, now that's going to be a real humdinger uh-huh. of, a, of a transformation. Of yeah, a exactly. Yeah, Fred, heading back. Speaking of the 90s, we, we were at the <laughs> top of the 90s with yeah, the turtles the and now the <laughs> back of the 90s with freddie prince jr and rachel lee cook yeah so <laughs> we'll we'll see how culture has progressed between those <laughs> two movies <laughs> can um, they bring that pizza power i hope poor rachel lee cook doesn't get roasted like the kids in exactly the well she just needs to walk straight um but uh, <laughs> this be... is the whole movie's about her learning to walk straight <laughs> <laughs> but uh we'll be doing that episode in two weeks in the meanwhile you can follow the show on twitter at trash movie pod you can email the show at trash movie pod at gmail.com and if you're nice and generous you can give this star five stars or give the show five stars on apple podcast or spotify in two weeks will be our new episode on she's all that but until then the defense rest see ya see ya <laughs>